Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fitlistic Wellness Podcast where we talk about everything and anything and relate it back to holistic health and wellness. And I'm super excited today because my guest is super special. Like, anyway, she's like a female badass. She's totally killing it. And I'm absolutely honored to have you on. Elena Luciani from Training to Excel, running her own online programs, her one-on-one trainings, her group programs, everything. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. I'm so excited to be here. You can't see it, but I have a big smile on my face. Well, there's video now. Yeah. Let's get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Elena, I just want to start off with like you, we met in a gym. Like it was great. And now like you're kind of like dwindling off, doing your own thing, you know, spreading your wings. Spreading my wings. Spreading your wings. You're totally killing it. She's at Stacked. I took one of her classes. It was yeah. dope. So let's get into this. Like, how did you get into all of your training? Because I know you work with athletes too, mm-hmm. and you were working at one point with York University, right? Yeah. Some of their. Mm-hmm. So let's get into that. Like, how did training to excel come to be? Oh my goodness! <laughs> how long do we have for this podcast? I mean, <laughs> um, so you know what? I something that I don't think a lot of people know is training to excel is going to be five this year. So congrats. Yeah, thank Let's you. I actually think I'm going to have a birthday party for it. Oh my God. <laughs> you think should. That's pretty special. That's five is um, big. So yeah, actually, I Training to Excel was born when I was working full time as a head strength coach at Laurier. So okay. to back it up a little bit, um, I won't start with high school. I'll start with university. I <laughs> went to Laurier for kinesiology. Waterloo? Yep. Yes. Yep. Let's get it. (laughs) I actually, I love Waterloo. I love it so much and I love going back to visit. But um, yeah, so I was there. I was a five-year student athlete at Laurier. So I played four years of basketball and a year of lacrosse. Okay. Yeah. Canadian. Yeah. And (laughs) I knew in high school I wanted to be involved in sport in some capacity when Mm -hmm. it came to my career. Mm -hmm. So I knew kinesiology would be would be a good route for me because it would open mm-hmm. a lot of doors. Oh, I yeah, would sure. learn about human movement, learn about the human body. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you go into kin, and I'm sure there's gonna be someone listening that's in first year kin and their only career options are physiotherapist or phys ed teacher. Cause those were the only mm-hmm. options I was given. Mm-hmm. So halfway through, actually in about my second year, I became a personal trainer at the gym. Because apparently, you know, playing a varsity sport in a full course load wasn't enough. So I added (laughs) a little bit more to my plate. But I'm so happy I did because it just kind of got me on that path of taking what I was learning in my classes and actually applying it, which I think Mm -hmm. is really, really important. Um, So it was almost like I was giving myself my own little co-op. Like I was just, you know. No, that's awesome. Again, that source of application of knowledge. For sure. Uh, And then I got a really unique opportunity to work with high-performance athletes at a training facility in Burlington. Mm -hmm. So I actually got a random Facebook message one day, and it was to apply to this position. So that's when I got my first taste of working with athletes. It was in about my third year. And I remember the moment exactly, and I've talked about this moment several times before, I was laying in the middle of the gym with a couple of the other coaches after a 14 hour day. It was just bananas. We Mm -hmm. had been going since 6 a.m. And I remember sitting up saying, I am so tired right now, but I cannot wait to come in tomorrow and do this all over again. And that for me was like the light switch moment. 
Yeah. I have goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. So that for me was very much yes. the light switch that was like, this is what I want to be doing. I saw what my own training did for me as an athlete, mm-hmm. you know, the training I did off the court and how it applied on the court. Uh, and that's kind of what started things going for me in high school. Um, but then moving forward when I was actually in a position to start to figure out what's the next step in my yeah. career, I knew working with athletes and working with people and helping them excel in you know at that time in their sport was so so Mm -hmm. important to me so that kind of just started to snowball things I went back to school after that summer saying I want to be a strength conditioning coach so Mm -hmm. now I'm going to gear all my classes all you know I was taking nutrition I was taking Mm -hmm. exercise fizz I was I was making sure that I was on the right route Mm -hmm. uh all the while studying starting to study for different certifications so I ended up becoming certified a certified strength conditioning specialist with the NSCA which if anyone is listening that is looking to get into strength and conditioning, that is the gold standard mm-hmm. for certification. So I wouldn't recommend, I can't recommend it enough. Um, and while I was at Laurier, I started, you know, training more. I actually developed a small group training program. This oh is a great God. story. So <laughs> I came back from working at that training facility in the summer mm-hmm. and I kind of looked around our gym and I was looking at the recreation schedule. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we have spin classes, we have Zumba, we have, you know, all these different options, but we don't have any small group training. Mm-hmm. So at the time, Lori didn't have a strength conditioning program. So there were a lot of athletes that were just kind of in the gym on their own. Mm. So I'm like, how can I make, you know, a program for not only athletes, but also advanced gym users that are yeah. in the gym every day. Yeah, I mean, you see the same people, especially in such a small campus, you see mm-hmm. the same people every day. Yeah. So I went to my supervisor, I pitched the idea. She's just like, great, let's get it up and running. And I remember calling my mom that night being like, mom, I'm you know, about to run the small group training program. What should I call it? And that's where training to excel is born. Oh my God, yeah. that is so yeah. sick. So credit to Carol Bertuzzi Luciani for training to excel. <laughs> yeah. And Shout I re- out mama. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And I remember her saying, um, Cause so that was, you know, I ran it for my fourth and my fifth year. Mm-hmm. And I remember after <clears throat> they wanted to continue the program, she's like, I think you should keep that name. I'm like, why? She's like, I, I think it could be something someday. And I was kind of like, okay. So I kind of told them, I was like, you know, maybe if you can rename it, I, you know, I'm going to use, I, I don't even know what I said, but anyway, kind of fast forward to the end of my fifth year. Um, mm-hmm. I had an athletic, uh, a staff in the athletic department asked me if I'd be interested in working with women's rugby and women's lacrosse. So I started working with those two teams nice. and then that rolled into men's basketball and men's hockey. Wow. Long, I'm going to try to make this long story a little bit shorter. Uh, I put together a proposal to mm-hmm. pitch to the athletics department to create a strength conditioning program at Laurier. Wow. So super unique opportunity. Was I ready for it? Absolutely not. Did I jump in head first? Absolutely. And it was the best thing I could have done. I learned so much. So I worked as a head strength coach for two years at Laurier. Wow working with almost every varsity team. So by my second year, I was with 13 varsity teams, Mm -hmm. one of them including football, which was really special to me because I had seven members of my my family play Laurier football. So for me, it was like really special to be able to contribute to a team that gave my family so much over the years. Mm -hmm. I did unfortunately get to a point when I had to make a decision for my mental and physical health. Mm -hmm. I, I suffered from some pretty severe burnout and Mm -hmm. 
for a long time, and I think this is important to mention, for a long time, mm -hmm. I thought burnout was just a definition I read in one of my textbooks. Yeah. Right? You read yeah. about it, you're like, oh yeah, you're sore for an extra couple days, and you have extreme fatigue, and you know, mental fog, all this, all these things. And I, mm -hmm. not that I didn't believe it, but it's just like, oh, that won't happen to me. I'm the energizer yeah. bunny. I can do anything. <laughs> I'm the energizer yeah. bunny. Boom, 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 Yeah, boom. exactly. <laughs> and it got to a point when I was starting to feel, I think the physical symptoms, like there were some mm -hmm. red flags, like I was sore for an extended period of time. I wasn't sleeping well. There were just some things that mm -hmm. I was like, I thought they were kind of one-off things. Mm -hmm. And then I remember one morning I went to work out and I would, I was that crazy person. I worked out before football came in at 6am. So I was in the gym by myself <laughs> Yikes! and <laughs> I just started bawling my eyes out and I kind of like hopped to the side and I always try to ask myself, what, why am I upset right now? Even now, if there's something that's mm -hmm. coming up, I'm like, okay, am I upset about the situation or is it triggering something else? Mm -hmm. And I remember racking my brain being like, I can't think of something I'm upset about, but my body is telling me that I'm upset and I could not stop crying. And mm -hmm. that happened for, oh, it would have been weeks at that point. And wow. it just got to a point when I'm like, I need to make a change because mm -hmm. even just from the feedback I was getting from, you know, staff in the athletics department, thinking about continuing the program, it really wasn't a priority mm -hmm. to them at the time. So I had to make a decision and I chose to pursue my master's at Ohio University, okay. which was an awesome decision. Uh, yeah, I spent a year there and it was honestly a year filled with so many lessons in so many different ways in life in the weight room in the classroom and I'm so so grateful for that experience I think nice. it really propelled me in a lot of ways and a big way it propelled me was the coaches <clears throat> a big component was it were the coaches that I worked with in the weight room mm -hmm. they were just outstanding individuals outstanding coaches and I was really intimidated going into it because I thought oh I'm not smart enough you know for a long time, I didn't think I was smart enough to do my master's. You know, I don't know all the textbooks and I don't know all these terms and I can't remember these things mm -hmm. I learned in first year anatomy and I was so concerned. And, you know, I had always thought my communication skills were not that they weren't important, but I just mm -hmm. didn't think they were as important as knowing the nuts and bolts. Mm -hmm. And yeah. something that year taught me was the coaches helped me showcase my strengths as opposed to hiding them. Mm -hmm. So it's like I would hide my strengths while I worked on my weaknesses and they were like, no, use your voice. You have, you know, mm -hmm. you're a great communicator. You're a great leader. We, we mm -hmm. want to see that, show that. And it gave me so much confidence in my coaching. And I think that's important because strength and conditioning can be yeah. an intimidating world. Yeah, um, sure. I'm sorry, this is so much longer than Don't it needs apologize. to be. Don't apologize. Are you crazy? No, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, I guess I should mention that, so Training to Excel as a business started yeah. when I was at Laurier as the strength coach. So before I did my master's, I had registered it as a business because my mom has two of her own businesses. So I grew up with that entrepreneurial mm -hmm. itch. Yeah. And I remember a couple of the athletes graduating were like, Elena, can you, can you write programs for us? Because I don't know what to do in the gym. I'm like you know what to do in the gym but yes I can write a program for you they're like we'll pay you whatever and I was like well if you're gonna pay me I need I, I need it to be legit I don't feel comfortable accepting mm -hmm. money if it's not like this mm -hmm. is a business mm -hmm. so my mom kind of helped navigate those waters and I registered myself as a business so that would be kind of my business 
birth. Yes. Um, And then so after, so kind of all the while, while I was at Laurier, while I was at Ohio, I was just kind of, you know, I was programming for some people. I was writing blog posts. I kind of launched my website and just kind of did things on the side where I could. Mm -hmm. And then um, I came home for my master's and I started applying to a bunch of different jobs. And I had just accepted the job to York University. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to get deep for a second. Uh, I suddenly lost my dad. Um, So this was just over two years ago. And... Yeah, that was a very interesting time because I had already accepted the job. So Mm -hmm. I was supposed to start two days, three days after the funeral. Um, So that was a very, obviously a very pivotal moment in my life. And Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed my time at York. I loved the athletes. I loved who I worked with. But there was something in me that just felt like I had a ceiling over my head. Mm -hmm. And as much as I, I love the coaching, there were so many other elements that I kind of wanted to introduce to the athletes, whether it be talking about recovery or nutrition. And I did mm-hmm. do some of that and I did have, you know, the power to start that sort of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, but I also want to talk to like, you know, these athletes and grow this and do yeah. this. And I just thought, you know, I've always thought, I always thought kind of long-term, okay, I'm, I'm going to, you know, my business is going to be fully functioning long-term. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend the next 10 years, you know, in a collegiate setting and then mm-hmm. I'll, and then I'll start my business. And then when I lost my dad, it just makes you realize it's a slap in the face that says life is too damn short. And yeah. if you want to do something, you got to take a risk. And so mm-hmm. I spent the year at York and then I resigned from the position and I kind of gave myself a year. I said, I'm going to give myself a year. I'm going to see, you know, what I can do with it. Mm-hmm. And that was about almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. So here we are, wow. still standing. Listen, listen, <laughs> you made it. Yeah, yeah. And there's still a lot of components that I, I still utilize that, you know, I, mm-hmm. I learned in the collegiate setting. I have a handful sure. of athletes that I work with in the off season, which is my bread and butter. That is my mm-hmm. favorite time of year. No offense to, you know, everything else I do, but that <laughs> that really is like that is a time that I don't look at the clock. I am just I get to dive deep into the science, but I also get to, you I know, build it. these relationships with these athletes yeah. that I've seen progress over so many years. It's it's just that's really special to me. Mm-hmm. Um but then now, you know, the only person now that can tell me no is myself and I don't exactly. have to listen. So now it's like I have a handful of things that I'm doing, but all things mm-hmm. that make me really happy. And they all kind of fall in line with the the same, you know, my pillars, um, but different things that make every day feel a little different. So yeah. it doesn't feel like I'm kind of just going through the motions, that which is, is fun. That is like, holy, I, I still have goosebumps, <laughs> by the way. Um, <laughs> like, Wow, I I didn't know the the extent of that story. That's mm. incredible. Want to know something funny? Yeah, I actually applied to Laurier Kin. Really, that was the first program I got accepted into, but I didn't go. Oh. But I thought about going back. Like I've been yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, because now you know, like the whole nutrition thing. Now that I'm doing right, like I've always, I wanted to be a nurse, and then I, because of my health issues, I wanted to become a nutritionist, mm-hmm. like holistic. It makes more sense to me yeah. long term. So. Now that I'm getting into specializing in like the fitness and sport, because growing up I was similar to you. Like I was that I was that kid in high school that like I was the only girl in phys ed class until grade twelve. No yep. one would pass me the ball. I'm like, you know what? Fine, yep. I'm still getting an A. Yep. Okay. 
Still getting my marks. That's all that matters. I'm like, you know what? I love this. It's fine. Whether yeah. I'm playing or not, it's yeah. cool. But I loved sport. And growing up, I would do like, I was like, I was a kid doing gymnastics, mm-hmm. dance. I can't dance with a shit. I did hip hop, jazz, all that. I did everything. I did swimming lessons, soccer, all um, the things, floor hockey, everything. Yeah. And it's just like, so, like when you grew up doing that, like you, I don't know, man, like, I don't know if it was ingrained in me or if I just built a passion for it, it was just born like loving sport. But that's kind of what happened to me. Like I, now I'm going into that sort of like fitness, but like, I don't want to do the whole physical thing. So that's mm-hmm. like, you, you can't know everything. Okay. You can't totally. be good at everything. So I'm like, I can do this well, so I'm a, I'm a run with it. Yeah. And then now that I'm done, now I'm doing like my own thing now. Now I'm thinking like, you remember you said you took time off between mm. your masters. And now I'm thinking like, man, should I go back and go to Laurier? Cause I was accepted. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's. I think it, you know what? Mm. Education is so important. And There's I think that. something to learn too. Yeah. And I, and I think that mm. gets lost sometimes, especially now with social media, we have access to some mm-hmm. incredible information. We really do. There are, mm-hmm. there are some incredibly educated people that are sharing their knowledge in, in a really accessible way. And I think mm-hmm. that's awesome. But if you are in a position to be helping someone change their life, whether it is physical, whether it's with the food that they eat mm-hmm. or the way they think, mm-hmm. um, you need to make sure that you have a strong foundation of education on how the body operates, on how these mm-hmm. changes are going to create change in their body. Mm-hmm. And what I think is just what you were saying, I think the fact that you want to get almost the other side of things, mm-hmm. not necessarily to have your hands in a bunch of different pots, mm-hmm. but just have a better understanding so if you have someone that comes to you and is like, I, I'm this active and I'm this is happening when I'm working out, you know how to tailor their nutrition mm-hmm. in that very holistic way. So mm-hmm. you can see things from different perspectives, which is why I try to read about things outside of strength and conditioning because mm-hmm. I know it's only going to make me more kind of multifaceted without me having to be like, oh, well, now I'm this and now I'm wearing this hat. And, you know, I've and that's something I think I learned early on in my business, I was mm-hmm. like, I want to do nutrition coaching. I want to do all this. And I'm confident to provide uh, nutrition guidance up until a certain point. And mm-hmm. I very much stay within the scope of my practice and have yeah. some really awesome people that I refer out to if something goes beyond. Sure. But now I, I, I'm just, you know, training and, you know, strength that, that is kind of yeah. my, not my happy place, but that's like my thing. So it's like, what can I talk about, you know, on the nutrition side of things and on the lifestyle things Mm -hmm. that support that, but not kind of overstepping what I'm, what I didn't go to school for. No. Yeah. No, that's, that's amazing because like the whole social media thing, like, yeah, there's just so much information and it's like understanding to know what's right and wrong. Cause like, who knows? Jim from down the street could be saying one thing. (laughs) Sally could be saying something else. Things like that. Like, there's so much information. And again, like, health is just so important. And sometimes it's almost, like, overlooked. Like, this, I love this. Because, like, I feel like I'm still, like, I feel like I don't know anything. I don't know anything, but I, I... I love to learn. Yeah. It's you're, just so I feel like good. you're always going to feel like that, though. I love because it. Because I, I feel like that, too. And, you know, it wasn't until recently I there were a couple kind of projects and ideas that I had that I put off for so long because I'm like, I have so much more to learn and mm-hmm. I have to do all this. And I finally kind of took a step back and I said, you know, as much as I will always be growing, I'll always be evolving, I'll forever be a student, there mm-hmm. are things that I can help educate others on. Mm-hmm. And I can't shy away from that mm-hmm. just because I'm so 
anal about like I need you know to get a PhD and I need yeah. to do all these things <laughs> so and you know going back to the whole social media thing it's mm-hmm. about looking at things with context mm-hmm. and that's I think something that social media doesn't always provide so exactly. when someone makes a post about something and even I'm trying to be careful with the language I use about the workouts I post I try to make them pretty general there's nothing like train at this percentage I'm never mm-hmm. gonna write that because mm-hmm. it's you know the it's out of context for so many people everyone's so different um but there are some people that will say a statement about let's say nutrition because i feel like you know with the keto diet and paleo and all these things and people just take it for like they take the sentence exactly as it is paleo helped me drop 30 pounds in three months not realizing all the other changes that individual made in their life. They got rid of a really toxic relationship. They left a job that they hated. They started sleeping better. They started working out. Like it's not paleo that made them yeah, it's lose that. Yeah, it's their whole life. Yeah, and, and there are definitely things that, uh, I'm just gonna call them fad diets. I'm, mm-hmm. There are definitely things that you can take uh, mm-hmm. from those different protocols, let's say. Mm-hmm. But my approach to nutrition is to create your unique hybrid. Mm -hmm. And your hybrid is going to look different from my hybrid. And my hybrid comes from, like, I use myself as a guinea pig. I did paleo for 30 days. I did um, intermittent fasting. I've, you know, I've tried these things. Mm -hmm. And part of it was so I can speak more authentically when someone is like, hey, does this work? And I'm like, well, this is what the research says. But then this is what happened in my own experience. So, you know, if it's again all mm-hmm. about do context. with it what you wish yeah but it, <laughs> I I one day kind of reflected back on all these different things that I tried and I'm like what are the things that I really mm-hmm. enjoyed or yeah. what are the things that made me feel really good so intermittent fasting I felt really good when I stopped eating at like 7 or 8 p.m because by the time I went to bed at like 9 or 10 I didn't feel like I was full of food like mm-hmm. I had given myself time to digest I'm like oh that feels good so now Part of my hybrid is I, I try to stop eating by about 8 p.m. just because I know that makes me feel good and I have a better sleep because of it. Exactly. Paleo, love, love the focus on real whole foods. I think mm-hmm. that's so important across the board. Yeah. Um, and that's something that, you know, I love. And I, you know, after trying paleo was that's what really kickstarted um, more of that whole food approach for me, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I enjoy oats and I was like, well, why can't I eat? Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like you pick exactly. and choose what you enjoy and what feels best for you. And I can't stress that enough. I feel like on my social media, I'm like saying there's like three sentences, what's best for you, quality over quantity. And you know, there's just certain things that I think are worth repeating because yeah, people need to hear people, it. It needs to be ingrained because people, exactly. Like people are seeing like, so like there's so much things and like, you just need to know what works for you. And it, it kind of reminds me of another podcast from like long time ago I did. It was great. We were talking about this and one thing I remember from that podcast was that she said the diet that you should be following is the one that works for you. Absolutely. The way she just said that, it's like, it's simple. Yeah. It's just media. Yeah. We're all jumping onto the newest thing, the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. And then who really knows what it, how it's affecting our bodies until further down the road because you don't normally see how it could perhaps negatively affect you until later down. And then you're like, what the hell? 
You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I, the biggest piece of the puzzle across the board, whether it is with meditation or nutrition or your training, consistency. Mm-hmm. I cannot stress that enough. And we're all guilty of it. We're all mm-hmm. guilty of it at some point, doing something over and over again and giving up because we're like, I'm never going to get it not knowing that you were right on the other side of that door or right on the other side of that like little hill or whatever it is you're trying to get over. And so I find it interesting. Some of the people that come to work with me, not that they expect immediate results. I, they're all very well educated to know that it doesn't happen overnight, but I, I feel like even, you know, after eight weeks, it's like they expect these massive changes. And Mm -hmm. yes, there are definitely things that, that can change and results that can come in that time. But it's about when doing it for like three, six, 12 months, that's when things start to change. And I think the biggest change is when things just become habit and they don't have to think about going to the gym and they don't have to think about reaching for those whole foods as opposed to, you know, going to McDonald's because it's, it's not even a second thought. Mm-hmm. So yes, it takes effort at the beginning like nothing, mm-hmm. nothing good comes that easy, Never. but there comes a time mm-hmm. when those decisions do become easy. And yeah. you just need to be disciplined enough to get to just that point. It. And the thing that's that's the other thing. We there's just so many opportunities nowadays for us to be lazy in society, like so lazy. And I'm not even just talking about physically. I don't even have to like go to the library if I need to know something. Like I can just pull not even my laptop. Yeah. I'll just pull out my Oh wait, no, I can probably do that on my watch now. Like yeah. this is the thing. Like and then pe- because everything is so quick, people want their life to be quick. Yeah. Oh, you're sick? I expect to be well tomorrow. Yeah. It, how, how long did it take you to get sick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you want to be well by tomorrow? Yeah. Actually, that's <laughs> that's such a good point. I remember working <laughs> with an athlete at Laurier, and I remember he was looking to cut some weight in the off season. And, you know, my biggest thing, especially with athletes, because there are some sports that they do need to be a, a certain, you know, weight, weight range um, yeah. for their sport. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was – um, maybe one of the football athletes and, and, you know, depending on your position, you do need to be cognizant of that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he was like, Oh, I'm going to do this. And I, I, the last time I did it, I dropped this much weight in 10 days. And I'm like, well, if it only took you 10 days to lose that weight, how quickly do you think you're going to like get, like, do you think that's sustainable? Yeah. And he, and in that, it was a big lesson on sustainability and how mm-hmm. you have to do things gradually. So if you're taking your whole off season, which is for football, like quite a long time, mm-hmm. if you're taking, you know, those six months to mm-hmm. drop 15 pounds, but you do it over the course of those six months, well, yeah, by the time you get to next season, for sure it's going to be sustainable. That's not just water weight. That's, you know, that's a shift in body composition. That's, you know, a variety of different things. But as quickly as you lose it, that's how quickly your body wants to get back to its set point. Yeah. And and that's, again, something something on a human body level that a lot of people don't understand. Like, our bodies have a set point. They have a point where it's comfortable Mm -hmm. and you have to gradually either raise that or decrease that in order for it to be sustainable. It really you actually don't want it to happen fast because if it happens fast it probably isn't you know sustainable yeah that yeah because I didn't even I didn't even think of that whole like really quick to lose and then it's like water weight when you think about it that's kind of like faking faking your body composition Mm -hmm. 
Wow, my mind is blown just right now. Wow. <laughs> well, and, and I think it is important that, like, you know, water retention is a thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that forces people to be more hydrated and, mm-hmm. and you know, do certain things to, I don't want to say keep that off, but, you know, mm-hmm. there are certain foods we eat that our bodies want to store water, wants to hold yeah. onto water. Exactly. That's just, like, the natural process. But, you know, eating one big meal is not going to make you gain five pounds just Mm -hmm. like one really good meal isn't going to make you lose five pounds that's i that's the quote that on um social media that i do like seeing because it's Mm -hmm. like you know just as one cookie isn't going to make you gain 10 pounds one salad isn't going to make you do you want to hear another metaphor oh this is a good one my friend told me he's not even in the wellness industry anyways so he's like jenna if you go up to a car and it's filthy you rub your finger across it is it dirty or is it clean? And I'm like, yeah, that's literally wellness. Yeah. Fitness too. Yeah. If you do one thing that's a little bit yeah. off, is it going to ruin the whole thing? No. Yeah. Same thing with if you're trying to like get some positive results. Interesting. Yeah. Like think about that. It, the yeah. car's still dirty. Yeah. It's really dirty, but yeah. that one spot is clean-ish because yeah. you remove that. But then if you do that every day. Exactly. Oh, but that's what I mean about consistent. Yeah, that's what I mean about consistency, though, is I like so. And and again, I've been guilty of it. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, whether it's like launching a new program or, you know, my own goals, you you want it to happen fast because you get excited. And and I think that is motivation for people. But I just think it's important to get really realistic about what that timeline looks like. Mm -hmm. And you know, maybe quick, and I'm making those air quotes, Quote unquote, yeah. is is four weeks or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. That That's your, like, that's your quote-unquote, you know, yeah. overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and there's so many things about people, like this overnight success thing, not knowing that it literally takes 10 years to be an yeah. overnight success. It so does. It's, <laughs> you know, it's no different with your health. And, you know, I've been really big with my clients to talk about habits mm-hmm. because those small steps, they don't even feel like anything major in that, you know, isolated day. Mm-hmm. But if you do them repeatedly over time, that's mm-hmm. going to add up to big things. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think there's so many people that feel like they have to change so many things at once. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I have to sleep eight hours tonight and I can't eat anything that's processed and I need this much protein. And I, yeah, all of those things are definitely things you want to incorporate exactly. into your lifestyle, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have, like, if you're going from zero to a hundred, it, if you're starting at zero, it doesn't all have to happen at the same time. Mm-hmm. So pick one thing. So Mm -hmm. maybe you're still eating shit, but at least you're drinking three to four liters of water. And then after that becomes a habit, then it's like, okay, I'm having McDonald's three times a day. I'm going to have McDonald's only two times a day. Yeah. You know, like I, I worked with, um, one client, one client with some nutrition stuff and, um, you know, her kind of vice was Coke and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell her okay next week you're not drinking any cokes when she would have like one to two a day Mm -hmm. so I just said like okay I want you to you know go down to only one a day for each Mm -hmm. day and then it was like that became routine and then the next week it's like okay out of the seven days I want you to only work in five cokes or you know like and and we just gradually brought it down that way because I'm like it's she's she's not going to adhere to it if I'm just like oh next week you're not drinking any coke yeah well 
okay, let's see how we can navigate this. So if she has one day that she has to focus on not having one, she could start to find things to replace it on other days as well. Mm -hmm. Whether it's like a cup of tea or, you know, bubbly, sparkling water, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. It gives them the opportunity to practice that without having to do it like every day all at once. Yeah, again, it's not going to be sustainable. They're not going to see sustainable results. I've done cold turkey well, but that's different. My liver was really bad at one point. They're like, if you don't take this medication in three to six months, who knows? Mm -hmm. But you don't always have to know how you're getting there. You just Mm -hmm. have to know where you want to be and figure it out along the way. And I feel like people are doing it backwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just what you were saying about going cold turkey, Mm -hmm. you know, you were in a position where you almost had no choice, right? Yeah. And and there's more and more people each and every day that are presented with that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you make this choice now or your health is really going to decline. Mm-hmm. And, and that's scary. And sometimes that is the push that people need. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to put yourself in that position. Exactly. So if there's something that you can change now... Honestly, I just, I want people to like embrace the long-term process and just Mm -hmm. for like one second, think big picture. I understand, you know, I'm never gonna like shame someone for giving me an aesthetic goal or -hmm. or giving me like, you know, I'm going on a trip and I wanna feel good in a bathing suit. I'm never gonna shame them for that. Mm -hmm. But I also want them to think beyond that trip or beyond that event or beyond their wedding or whatever it might be. Just so they can say like, okay, yeah, I I am going to push myself perhaps a little bit harder during this shorter term, knowing that when I continue long term, I already have those habits built in. So it's going to be sustainable for me. And, you know, you don't ever want to be at that point where you pretty much have no choice but to go cold turkey. So it's it's about kind of preparing yourself now. So then when you're 80 years old. You feel fucking great. Like you could do your best life. Yeah, exactly. You can enjoy retirement. That's important. Yeah. I think that's why I kind of like built my passion a little bit because like I know how tough that was and especially like the timing of it. I was 16. Yeah. Because at the time it wasn't accepted to eat healthy. Yeah. But like even now, like it's just like, anyway, it's just the time period and also like all the hormones and I'm transitioning to try to figure out what I want to do with my life. And I'm just like, oh, it was just like. It's a very influential like, time for you, yeah. Yeah, so it was just, it, it made it, I feel like it, the timing of it made it even more challenging, mm-hmm. but started from the bottom, now we're here, yeah, you know what I'm exactly. saying? <laughs> but, like, it's just amazing to see, like, other people like yourself, like, just finding passion in something that was meant for them, you know what I mean? This was meant for you. I'm so proud of you. Uh, like, thank you. I appreciate hearing that. <laughs> I appreciate hearing that a lot because I feel, you know, as I said, when I was in high school, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to do something that involves mm-hmm. human movement, performance. Like I just, sport, I knew I want to be involved. Yeah. I knew I wanted to be involved at that age. And I'm not saying that it's not possible to, you know, pick up at 30 and and change your career path and become, you know, a strength coach or a personal trainer. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that. I just think now with social media there's a lot of people that are like oh i started working out and now i have a million followers and everyone cares about what workouts i do but i don't actually understand like why i'm delivering these workouts Mm -hmm. and then it's like that's what people are consuming and that's what people are taking as like the 
end all be all as like, mm-hmm. this is the only work that I could do to look this way or do this or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. So, I mean, I figured we'd loop back to social media at some point, but <laughs> you gotta be like a conscious consumer. You gotta mm-hmm. look at things with a critical eye. You know, I take a lot of pride in my education. So in my Instagram bio, I have that. I have a master's, I have my CSCS, I have my precision nutrition. Mm -hmm. Because I want people to know that when they come to my page, the content I'm posting comes from a place of education. And like credibility. Yeah, and and I'm not saying that like some of the best strength coaches and personal trainers I know like picked it up kind of later in life and didn't Mm -hmm. know this is something they they wanted to do. And some people just had that kind of coaching nature to them Mm -hmm. and they put in the work to learn what they need to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that sometimes kind of skipped over. People yeah. are just like, what looks cool? And what like, mm-hmm. what's gonna get the most likes? And what's yeah. gonna draw oh the most God. attention? And it's like, you know, I'm just gonna post pictures of my abs because that's what's gonna reel people in. And unfortunately, that's what happens is people- It's very aesthetic. Oh yeah. And it all comes down to marketing. Mm-hmm. And that's why like, I feel like, you know, maybe my process has been a little bit slower than other people, but I know that I'm laying a really solid foundation. So yeah. I just have to kind of keep taking those steps forward. Yeah. And I mean, and I know now you're doing, well, we've been talking about this for pretty much the whole podcast. You've been talking a lot about like the mentality behind everything and mm-hmm. how important that is. And I don't, I feel like I've seen that you do some like workshops in regards to like goal, goal planning, goal mm-hmm. set, goal setting. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. like uh, incorporating that into your training and then this, but like now you're kind of like marrying the two. Totally. So like anyone listening right now, like what would you recommend, what would you recommend they do for the starting point just in general? Yeah. I think goal setting um, that that two words in itself. Some people are like, I'm not gonna sit with my journal for an hour and write down all the things I want to do in life. I was that but, person. Yeah, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong if that's the way you operate, but that's yeah. not even the way I operate. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a like, okay, short. You know, what's my long term goal? Or I like to say process and outcome goals. So mm-hmm. kind of you had referred to this before. The outcome goal is your mountaintop. Mm-hmm. You know you can't jump from the base of a mountain to the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. So you need to take steps up the mountain. The steps up the mountain are your process goals. Mm-hmm. So outcome goals are generally those long-term goals and process goals are generally more those short-term goals. But I just, I think that wording for me makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's figuring out what does work best for you and whether it's thinking about it in your head or writing it down on paper, just start to really think about where you want to be one year from now, mm-hmm. where you would want to be five years from now, 10 years from now. And I know that can be overwhelming for some people. So maybe you don't have to necessarily start there, but I also think it's important because if we just go through the motions each and every day, mm-hmm. you know, not that there always has to be an end point, but you know, for, for your own kind of confidence, you, you want to have kind of these like little checkpoints that you're like, Oh yeah, I told myself I wanted to drink more water by the end of April. And every day I've been hitting two liters and the other day, you know, the last week I've been hitting three liters and mm-hmm. I feel great and and I'm I'm achieving that goal and I can kind of check that off. And yeah. again, not everyone operates with that like list mentality exactly. and highlighting and check marking, but it's finding something that works for you. Mm-hmm. And I think with goals, one of the most important things is frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people kind of miss, mm-hmm. um, especially with early in the year, everyone's like goal setting and intentions and all these great oh, things, yeah. but they write it down once and then they don't look at it again. Yeah. Whereas if you just write down one or two things, maybe by the end of the month, maybe you just start with your month mm-hmm. and 
you you remind yourself of those things, whether it's every day, every week, whatever it needs mm-hmm. to be, but it's just those like little triggers. So I love post-it notes and I'll have put post-it notes in places or I have a whiteboard that I write them down. So even if I'm not like, okay, now it's goal time and I'm gonna sit down and like mm-hmm. revisit my goals. It's like, I'm looking at it when I go in the bathroom. I'm looking at it when I see it on the wall on you know my whiteboard. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be you know sitting down and like meditating and manifesting your goals. And some people do that and I think yeah. that's like, super cool but it could just be those little reminders that are those little triggers to be like oh yeah I said I wanted to go to bed every night at 9 30 so and that is written right above my head in my bed so when I go down to look at my phone for four hours I see it and I'm reminded I'm reminded of of where I want to be yeah and I know sleep is going to make me feel better so you know it's I feel like people think goal setting and they think of this airy fluffy like sitting down and with you know all these things all these pictures that social media kind of puts in our head Mm -hmm. and spending four hours setting your goals yeah no that's not realistic it's Mm -hmm. and I love goal setting and that's not fucking realistic (laughs) for me in my life so it's like if I can take I generally take about 15 to a half hour on a Sunday to kind of go through my goals. So mm-hmm. I do look at my ones that like I have kind of coming up in the coming months or coming years, but then I also take a peek at like, okay, then what are the steps that I could take this week and what are the steps I can take each day to get me there? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, in a roundabout way, the best place to start is thinking of a outcome goal or mm-hmm. a goal, you know, whether that's the end of the month, end of, you know, the season, end of, the year, yeah. next year, whatever it is, and then ask yourself what you can do in the next 24 hours to help you get to that goal. Exactly. So if that is getting a promotion at work, your goal tonight could be going to bed and getting eight hours of sleep because you know when you go to work tomorrow, you're gonna be way more productive when you've mm-hmm. had a good night's rest. And then you're gonna repeat that and repeat that. And you never know what, like. I think people's sleep is underrated and it's the best thing ever. It is. Um, But it's just little things like that. It doesn't have to necessarily Mm -hmm. perfectly equate to that outcome goal. It could just be that habit that puts you at your best to be able to perform at your best. Yeah, and you got to set the goals, but you also have to, like you said, be consistent. You have to put in the work. People are missing that work component. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I wrote my goals down, but was I doing anything for them for January? No. Did I get anything accomplished that I wanted to in January? Probably not, yeah. but it's fine. It's never yeah. too late. Yeah. And, and that's a good thing to remember, though. Mm-hmm. It, just because you didn't achieve it maybe in the time frame you had initially set out, if it's still a priority to you, carry it over. Yeah. Um, an exercise, I, I wrote about this in one of my recent newsletters because it's something I do, and I was just like, oh, maybe it's worth sharing. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I have a list of goals mm-hmm. and I go through that list kind of like – periodically so maybe I go through that list once a month or every other month and I'll kind of go and I'll be like oh I accomplished that so I'll check mark it Mm -hmm. um I haven't accomplished this one yet but it's still a priority I'm going to highlight it Mm -hmm. um this one I don't even know why I wrote that down it's not important to me anymore it doesn't serve me anymore I'm going to cross that out Mm -hmm. and then um you know the next would be I I have this other goal in mind and I'm going to write it down and then on the next page you take the goals that are that you highlighted that are a priority and list them first and then you list the those new goals that you had listed before it Mm -hmm. yes it takes a lot of writing I'm a paper and pen kind of person so that's the way I operate I literally keep a notebook now in Mm -hmm. my pocket yeah it's the best I love it (laughs) I I don't remember anything if I type it on my phone I don't yeah yeah 
but that's that's mm-hmm. a great exercise to kind mm-hmm. of get a visual of like wow I accomplished so much more than I thought I did exactly. and wow why did I even write this down like I have no interest in drinking one green smoothie every day you know yeah. or whatever whatever the thing is yeah um and then you can it's it's okay to take goals off your list it's okay not to accomplish yeah. them like I remember the summer that my dad passed I had I think I had one of the biggest goals lists I'd had in a while because I had just finished my master's. The world was kind of my oyster. And mm-hmm. all of those got put on the back burner mm-hmm. for months, probably a year before mm-hmm. I really, like, picked things back up. Um, and that's okay. Because okay. we're human. Life and happens. I, and I feel like also people might beat themselves up too much. And I did it too. I'm like, wow, I was lazy as fuck yesterday. Mm-hmm. But instead of thinking about what I didn't do yesterday, that time's gone. Let's just keep going. Or focus on the things that you did do. Mm-hmm, and I always, too. a lot of my online clients, if any of them are listening to this, they'll know hey. that I always ask small wins. Mm-hmm. I always ask them what their That's small it. wins are. And even the weeks that you feel like you didn't win at all, there's got to be, there. there is without a doubt some things you did, whether mm-hmm. that was washing your hands or... Yeah you know, taking five minutes to just lay on your bed and do nothing. Like those can be wins because they're, they're contributing to your well-being and your self-care. And, you know, I think as an athlete, I remember, um, when I played basketball at Laurier, I would write down in my notebook before the game, how many points I wanted to score, how many rebounds I wanted to get steals, defensive plays, all the, all these things. And and I was pretty like numbers based. And I remember I would get really hard on myself and I would, you know, go talk to my dad after the game. He'd be like, he called me Peach. He'd be like, Peach, that was such a great game, this and that. I'd be like, but dad, like, I didn't do this and I missed this and I, I turned the ball over here. And he was like, tell me your numbers. Cause he knew that I, I did that. And I'd be like, oh, 11 points, whatever. And I'd go through the list and he'd be like, you checked marked all of your goals. I was like, yeah, but and he was like, yeah, but no, like you have to, you have to celebrate. Yes, there are things you can improve on. Mm-hmm. He's like, there's always going to be things that you can improve on, but you need to celebrate those small wins because you're going to drive yourself absolutely fucking crazy if mm-hmm. you never take a minute to celebrate those small wins. And I, it's still something that I'm working on because, mm-hmm. you know, in my business, I could do something and, you know, it's almost like on to the next. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, great, I checked that off. Okay, on to the next. And it will be, you know, my mom or my brothers or Ryan to be like, okay, hold hold up for a second. Like That was great. Yeah, Good job. That was, <laughs> like, take a second, chill for a minute. And yeah. so it, that's something that I'm always learning and I'm always trying to kind of improve on myself. But, yeah, there's all I, – I really do believe that there's always small wins to celebrate. Yeah, that's awesome. Elena, it has been a pleasure. I am honestly – I am so grateful. This has been phenomenal. Thank you so much for oh coming God, on the podcast. Oh my God, thank you for having me. I want to give you the floor yet again. I want everybody listening to be able to connect with you, train with you, whatever. Plug all your ish. You got this. <laughs> Let's get it. Um, well, I think a really easy way to find me is on Instagram. Because mm-hmm. um, then on my Instagram, I have my email and everything. So it's just at training the number two and the letters XL. Um, and then, you know, my email is Elena at training to excel.com mm-hmm. website, same thing, training to excel.com. 
pretty easy. I'm pretty like streamlined across the board, but I'm always open to conversations. I'm mm-hmm. always open to answer questions. Um, if you do have questions about small group training or um, one-on-one training, or if you are an athlete looking for off-season training, whatever it might be, feel free mm-hmm. to connect. And any young strength coaches or personal trainers, um, you know, I run my queuing and programming clinics, so yes. those are always Congrats available. Yeah, I, those have been. Oh my gosh, that's a whole other podcast to talk about those. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you have any questions, even from that end, um, always happy to answer and connect. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a nice like, share it with your friends. Um, have a great rest of your morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time of the day it is you happen to be listening to this podcast at. Anyways, guys, until next time, peace.